This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Sergei Shoigu, Russia's defense minister, appointed a new commander, Valery Gerasimov, to lead its invasion of Ukraine. Mr. Gerasimov replaces Sergei Sorovikin, known by the moniker General Armageddon, who lasted only three months and is now Mr. Gerasimov's deputy. Fighting continues in Solodar, a town in eastern Ukraine, which the Wagner Group, a militia working for Russia, claimed to have taken. Separately, Russia and Ukraine agreed to swap more than 40 prisoners from each side. FTX said it had recovered more than $5 billion in liquid assets, up from roughly $1 billion that it had located as of December. The bankrupt crypto exchange also holds illiquid investments valued at $4.6 billion. At a bankruptcy hearing in Delaware, the firm's lawyers said there was still a, quote, shortfall in what is owed to creditors, but its size would depend on the pool of claims. A suicide bomb attack outside Afghanistan's foreign ministry in Kabul, the capital, killed at least five people, according to police. The Taliban's information office put the death toll at 20. The attacker reportedly tried but failed to enter the building, which is located near some foreign embassies. Afghanistan has actually recorded fewer violent attacks against civilians, but greater repression since the Taliban reclaimed power in 2021. George Santos, an American congressman and serial fabricator, rejected calls for him to resign from Republican officials in his New York district. Mr. Santos, who was elected to the House of Representatives in November, faces investigations into his finances, background, and campaign spending after much of his CV was revealed to be false. Republican leaders in Washington have largely stayed mum. The Egyptian pound fell to a record low against the dollar as the country devalued its currency for the third time in 10 months. As part of a $3 billion bailout from the IMF in October, Egypt agreed to stop using foreign reserves to prop up the pound's value. Russia's invasion of Ukraine led foreign investors to flee risky assets, putting downward pressure on the Egyptian currency. Britain's foreign minister demanded that Iran halt its planned execution of a British-Iranian man convicted of spying for MI6. Ali Reza Akbari served as Iran's deputy defense minister about two decades ago, then settled in Britain and obtained citizenship there. His family avoided publicizing his plight for fear of upsetting his legal case, but now it says that his execution appears imminent. Domestic flights are gradually resuming in America hours after the Federal Aviation Administration canceled departures due to a fault in its computer systems. The FAA said that its notice-to-air mission system, which alerts pilots to potential hazards, had failed. The agency suggested it was still looking into the cause of the problem. And fact of the day, 134. The number of insolvent entities spanning 27 jurisdictions left by FTX's implosion. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Inflation in America softens, but not quite enough. America's monthly inflation reports are now awaited more with optimism than dread. On Thursday, figures are expected to show that overall prices were flat in December compared with November. That would be a second straight month of diminishing inflationary pressure. 
Optimists think that could allow the Federal Reserve to stop raising interest rates sooner rather than later, which would boost America's chances of avoiding a serious recession. Alas, pessimists may have a more downbeat interpretation. The main reason for milder inflation has been a fall in prices for energy and some consumer goods, as supply chains recover from the disruption caused by the pandemic. But the Fed has made it clear that it is now most concerned about how rising wages are feeding into higher prices for services such as entertainment and travel. Until there is ample evidence that the labor market is weakening, the Fed is likely to stay on the warpath against inflation. Indian tech braces for a global recession. India's IT sector has boomed since the pandemic. The revenues of companies such as Tata Consultancy Services, TCS, Infosys, and Wipro soared as other firms digitized their operations. On Monday, TCS, the biggest Indian IT company, reported annual revenue growth of 13.5% in the fourth quarter of 2022. That netted a profit of $1.3 billion. On Thursday, Infosys, the second largest, is expected to report similarly strong results. Yet a looming global recession will eat into future growth. Demand for outsourcing and IT consulting will wane, especially from Europe, the destination of about 30% of India's IT service exports. TCS has already cut its workforce by about 2,200 employees, of a total of more than 600,000. Infosys will also be wary. When demand fell in Europe during the debt crisis in 2012, the firm took years to recover. There could be more layoffs to come. A Fragile Peace in Tigray On Thursday, the German and French foreign ministries will arrive in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa, to demonstrate support for a peace process that only months ago seemed fanciful. Their hope is that an agreement signed in November by Ethiopia's government and the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, a party and armed group long dormant in Tigray, a region in the north, will end a civil war that has caused hundreds of thousands of deaths through fighting, hunger, and disease. The deal is supposed to lead to the dissolution of the TPLF-led regional government in Tigray, the election of which, in 2020, in defiance of a federal edict, helped spark the conflict. Tigrayan commanders are demobilizing their forces, but there remain obstacles to strengthening the fragile peace. One is the presence of soldiers from Eritrea, who fought alongside Ethiopian government forces in the recent conflict. Eritrea's dictator, Isaias Afewerki, has his own scores to settle with the TPLF, which led Ethiopia during a bloody war against Eritrea between 1998 and 2000. He may yet spoil the peace by refusing to withdraw his troops. Sweden's Plan for the EU The European Commission's president, Ursula von der Leyen, will feel the Arctic chill on Thursday as she visits Kiruna, a city in northern Sweden. 
The commission is planning for the coming six months, during which Sweden, as holder of the rotating presidency of the Council of the EU, will chair meetings of EU ministers. In Europe, many matters of high politics remain the purview of national governments, but the energy and economic crisis triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine require a coordinated approach. So does a response to America's new green subsidies program, which threatens European competitiveness by favoring American firms. Sweden's government, led by Ulf Christensen, hopes to focus on making the EU more competitive by encouraging members to avoid over-regulation. That will involve fending off attempts by member states, including France, to devise spending programs that mollycoddle the economy. Mr. Christensen will hope the reception to his government's ideas is less frosty than the weather. The Climate in 2022 and Beyond On Thursday, NOAA and NASA, America's weather and space agencies, will release their annual summary of global climate conditions for the past year. As the world warms, these reports are increasingly alarming. Last year saw an exceptionally strong La Nina, a weather pattern that influences winds and rainfall. La Nina years are typically cooler than average, but researchers at the EU's climate agency reckon that 2022 was still the fifth warmest on record, which suggests that underlying temperatures have risen sharply. The trend towards wilder weather was also evident throughout 2022, which saw catastrophic flooding in Pakistan, sweltering heat waves across America, Asia, and Europe, and an unusually high number of storms. This year will probably be even more extreme. La Nina will continue, which could worsen food and water shortages in Africa. The weather pattern is expected to subside towards the end of the year, pushing temperatures up. Models indicate that 2023 may well be the hottest year ever. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. What profession links Saruman, Severus Snape, and the great and powerful Oz? Wednesday. In Greek mythology, what was the collective name given to the children of Uranus and Gaia? Finally, here's the quote of the day from William James. The art of being wise is the art of knowing what to overlook. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.